Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What is Jesus going to say to this young guy? Here it is, right to the point. Young man, on your best day, on your best day, you can't be good enough to earn heaven. What commandment had he broken? The very first one. It's found, Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. See, Jesus knew this. Wealth and possessions had become this young man's God. God was supposed to be in first place. Wealth was in first place. What is sitting on the throne of your life? Is it fame, fortune, or anything other than Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will look at the story of the rich young ruler. His problem was not that he had wealth. It is that his wealth had him. Jesus also sets an example for us in this story as he refrains from shedding condemnation on this man. We must be able to share the truth of the gospel with people without a spirit of condemnation. Is the Lord at the center of all you did today? Do you willingly allow him free reign over every area of your life? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark as he continues his message entitled, Let's Get Right to the Point, Do Life God's Way. A mirror shows us what we're really like. When you get up this morning, I would say 99.9% of you looked into a mirror before you came. Some of you looked in it a long time before you came. (laughs) Now, why do we look in a mirror? Because the mirror shows us what we're like. So the law just shows us what? What it gets. It just shows us. And as we get older, you know, there's skin spots and all kinds of stuff. And we look. We spent time this morning looking into the mirror. Because the mirror simply, as you look at it, it just tells things as they are. Now, I wish it showed a better image. But this is all it's got to work with. It just reflects. Now, there's a spiritual mirror. Don't ever forget this illustration. When you and I look into the Bible, this is a spiritual mirror. That's what teaching is. We look into the perfect word of God, and it shows us how we're doing. Oh, not whether I got my eyebrow exactly right on this side and that side. By the way, you know when you get older, your hair stops growing up here. It grows out here. (laughs) Some of you know that. You wonder why we look weird. This mirror shows us like we are. God gave the law to say to the people, you can't be good enough. 
You could never be good enough. You see, now, this mirror, can this mirror change me? I mean, if it sees a little zit over here, or maybe, maybe I just didn't get something right here, can it, can it go in there and go? No, it can't do that. It just shows me. See, the law cannot change you. The law could never change you. It just showed you spiritually like you were. So notice, as you think about that, this mirror can't fix my looks. It can't fix my looks. I have to do that. The law couldn't fix me. God has to do that. Coming to church doesn't fix you. God fixes you through his word. See, the law condemns, but it doesn't convert. The law challenges, but it doesn't change me. The law, the moral mirror, mirror, brings me to Christ who can change my life. Here's a very powerful verse, Galatians 3, 24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. You see, the law could never set anyone free from sin. The law was temporary until Jesus would come and live a perfect holy life and completely fulfill it. Then Jesus could offer the gift of salvation because we could never earn it. So Jesus says to this young man, look into the moral mirror. How you doing with the commandments? Hoping that the young man's going to go, well, I didn't keep that one. What do I do now? But look at the response. By the way, the commandments he gives are five out of the last six, which are part of the ten. They have to do with how we relate to one another. And then he gives another when he kind of throws it in. It's the second greatest commandment. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now let me stop for a moment. Jesus in this process. By the way, is there any spiritual warfare going on as Jesus is dialoguing with this young man? Is there? Good. Any spiritual warfare going on here? Yeah. People are moving. Things are happening. This is doing that. You're thinking. You already thought right now, some of you, don't raise your hand because you'll embarrass yourself because I know it's true. You're thinking 25 more minutes and I'm going to have a great lunch and you're thinking of exactly what you want to have. I won't ask you, but that's going through your mind. Some of you, it's not going through your mind. staying right there. <laughs> See, now it's not sinful to eat, but that's what you're thinking about. You're looking at the back of somebody's head going, man, I wonder if that really does come out that far. (laughs) Come on back. Come on back. But see, there's spiritual warfare. If Jesus says to this young man, "Uh, treat your neighbor like you'd like to be treated. Well, no, wait a minute. This young man is rich. All around him are poor Jewish people. If he gets it, Would he be as rich as he... No, he'd start what? Giving it away. If he obeyed the command, he'd start giving some away. We don't have any indication of that at all. So Jesus is trying to bring him to a point. He says, take a look at the mirror. How you doing? Go ahead, just just look at it. Well, look at the response. All these I have kept. The young man said... What do I still lack? I don't believe that's a smart outlook around my Yeah, I got, I've kept all those. Come on, give me something to work on. I don't believe that at all. This man's sincere. He honestly believed all his life he kept those commandments. Now, if you were me and we're not Jesus, how do you respond to somebody like that in the natural? 
I mean, if you're at work and you say, tomorrow morning, just for fun, say to somebody, do you ever break one of the Ten Commandments? The person says to you, no, I never, I keep them perfectly. You might not say something then, but as you're walking away, you're, <laughs> for sure you're saying, what are you, crazy? You're an idiot. How prideful are you? Jesus doesn't say a thing. I mean, I'm, in, I'm there right on going, what? Say What? Jesus doesn't say anything. See, he has a goal in mind. Even though, man, the guy's blind to what's happening, Jesus is gentle. Notice in verse 21 what he says. If you want to be perfect, complete, here's what you need to do. Go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Notice Jesus didn't say to him, you sinner, you liar, you're going to hell, you have no chance. He treats him amazingly to me. Now we know that because Mark chapter 10 gives us a little insight. Here it is. When Jesus is debating this young man, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. You see, Jesus would eventually die for this young man. The young man doesn't know it. He doesn't even know he's God. Jesus loved people. But Jesus is going to tell him the truth. He loved him enough to tell the truth. The next thing you want to write? Write to the point. Jesus was loving, truthful, and yet not condemning. One of the great dangers we have as a Calvary Chapel or an evangelical church that when we, we believe in the word of God, all of it. There's a lot of churches you go to today, they will never bring the mirror out of the complete word of God. You'll never hear them talk about sin. All you can hear is that you're a beautiful person, everything's great in your life, nothing's good. God loves you and you've been perfect since you were born. And you really, everything in your life is perfect. You don't need to do any changing. You won't hear any of that kind of stuff. You won't hear sin, you won't hear death. You won't hear anything talked about like that. We have to be careful here Jesus goes right to the point. And you'll see in a moment, he, man, did he nail it. But he didn't nail it with condemnation. God says this, I hate divorce. But I want you to understand something. God doesn't hate divorced people. Is there a difference? Well, huge. How do you think God, how do you think God said that in the Bible? God hates divorce. I hate divorce. No, God says it like this. Man, I hate divorce. It's tearing up families. People are just being destroyed. I, hate, I love the people, but I hate. Why is it divorce? Because of spiritual warfare. So understand, if you're a teacher in this group, an elder, a pastor like me, I have to be very careful that I give you the truth, but don't condemn you. See, you're going to have to make the choice. The greatest freedom you have the greatest freedom I have is free choice. You're going to see this at the end. So Jesus, oh, he doesn't back down, but he doesn't say to the man, what do you mean you kept them all? He just says, here's what you need to do. Now, did Jesus know that this young man didn't keep the Ten Commandments? For sure he knew this. But he just says, I'm going to show you one of the commandments you never kept. You, you don't even probably thinking about it. He said, in fact, you broke the very first commandment. He doesn't even say this to him. But the young man knows it. What is Jesus going to say to this young guy? Here it is, right to the point. 
Young man, on your best day, on your best day, you can't be good enough to earn heaven. What commandment had he broken? The very first one. It's found, Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. See, Jesus knew this. Wealth and possessions had become this young man's God. God was supposed to be in first place. Wealth was in first place. And God said, you're going to have to get rid of those and then come follow me. That's the thing that's keeping you. There's two steps. One, admit you're wrong. You've sinned. Money is your God. Number two, come and follow me. Now, here's the problem. If you look at this verse again, Notice verse 21. If you just take this out of the Bible as a context by itself, uh, if you want to be perfect, if you want to go to heaven, just sell your possessions and you can go to heaven. So, Pastor Mark, you mean if I just sell money, if I give money away, and if I give my goods away, I can earn my way to heaven by being really generous? No. No. Lots of people think that. See, selling his possessions wouldn't bring eternal life. It was just Jesus' way of showing him he hadn't kept the law and he was in need of getting rid of his sin. The sin was admitting that money had become his God. Well, we know in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the Bible simply says, for by grace have you been saved. Through faith, it's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, so no one can boast. So what was Jesus trying to do to this young man? Long way to get there, right to the point. We receive the gift of salvation by repenting, saying, okay, you're right, I broke the very first commandment. I thought I really did it, but I didn't. I broke the very first commandment. Boy, you're pretty perceptive. You're more than a teacher, aren't you? Yeah, I'm God. Okay, I believe in you. But then Jesus didn't end it there. He said, sell your stuff and then what? Tell me. Come on, everybody together. Sell your stuff and then what? Follow me. Follow me. Vieira, follow me. See, it's not just getting rid of our sin. It's a lifestyle afterward. It's the following. Jesus didn't say, go sell your stuff and be a Christian. He said, no, come and follow me. Now, what is that going to look like? What choice did this young man make? Is there warfare going on in this man's mind right now? Yes, there is. Is there any warfare going on in this room right now? Absolutely. In Vera? Absolutely. Well, look at verse 20, uh, 22. Let me give you my translation. This is a Balmer translation. Jesus said, sell your stuff, come follow me. Here's what it reads. And the young man said to Jesus, no problem. It's the weekend, give me a few days. The banks will open, stockbroker will be open on Monday. I'll sell my stocks, bonds, land. I'll immediately give everything you need and I'll begin to follow you on Tuesday morning. Thanks, this is what I've been looking for. Man, this is great. Take a look at your verse 22. Is that what happens? Now, be honest with me. Don't you wish that was the response? See, people make fun of the Bible. Well, the Bible is just a bunch of stories. No, notice, who's the one talking here? Jesus. Great conversation. Nails it right to the point. Kindly shows the young man the problem. Loves him. Invites him to be a follower. And you're going to see the man totally refuses. See, if the Bible is not really written right, with all these, David commits adultery, murders somebody. So we have all these people that are really who they are. So we have a story of a young man who gets perfect illustration from Jesus and blows him off. I wish it was the response. It wasn't the response. 
Well, what did he respond? How did he respond? What made him make this decision? Look in verse 22. And I want you here and be able to circle one word. When the young man, circle this word, heard. When he heard this, what he had to do, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Where's the spiritual battle? I ask you to circle a word. It's called heard. You see, the spiritual battle is always in the mind. You see, what was happening, watch me, and it happens to all of us. Now, you don't see anything. You don't see all of this kind of stuff, warfare and tents and camouflage stuff and fearless and strength and power and faith. You don't see all this happening, but it's happening. Jesus is speaking to his mind and his heart. The minute Jesus is speaking through all of this conversation, Satan is also just as real, and he's lying to the man's mind. He's saying this, careful what you admit. You know you've kept it. Now, he's wrong here. He's asking you to get rid of your stuff. That's crazy. I mean, you're the talk of the town. You've got everything to eat. Tell him you'll give him 50% of what you own, and just follow him. Go ahead. It won't last. You won't find peace there. There's just another dead end for you. Who's saying that? Satan. You say, well, I don't, that's why I don't believe that. I don't believe that Satan is speaking to our minds. Then you're deceived. The battle, 2 Corinthians 10 says, when thoughts come into my mind, the very first thing when thoughts come into my mind, I need to go, who's that from? If it isn't biblical, it isn't from God. So what am I to do? Capture the thought and pitch it. Some of you sat at an internet site this week, and here come the website. You had the battle going on instantly. Watch it or delete it. The battle's there. God says, you don't want to go there. You know what will happen to you. You've been there before. Satan says, ah, it's an easy one. It's just minor. Go ahead. See, we make the choice. The battle's going. Some of you ladies were in it. Somebody's talking about you gossiping. Now, what are you going to do about that? I'm going to destroy her with my words. Or I'm going to ask God to control my tongue. See, that it's always there for all of us. As this man's in that decision mode, there's war. It's going on. It's going on in this room. It's going on in Vieira. What's it about? Your eternal destiny. That's why we're praying for them. Because they don't know they're being lied to by Satan. You see, why don't they know? Because Satan is a great deceiver. The greatest lie that ever has come from Satan is this. You serve God, miserable life. Serve me, great life. It's exactly the opposite. But for some of us, it's too late when we discover we've been lied to. So this young ruler, by the way, it says he went away sad. The real word of that means sad means he went away grieved heart. Heart. The young ruler didn't own riches. His riches owned him. The young man was too prideful to admit that was what kept him from following Jesus. Right to the point, spiritual pride will keep you from heaven. See, when the young man heard this, he went away sad. Why? Notice, finish the verse, because he had great wealth. 
If we'll follow Christ, we have to forsake them things. And as we forsake them things, then we care about other people. And then we get a life that's full. And then we get a life that's fabulous. See, four and five don't come unless you do one and two. Well, this man, Jesus says, you're going to follow me. I want you to follow me. That's the start. He said, to follow me, though, you're going to have to forsake something. What was it? His riches. And then this young man goes, well, I've always wanted to be full and fabulous because I'm empty. That's why I came to you. That's the reason I came up to you like this, because I'm empty. Jesus says, I got the solution. Forsake and follow. The man says, no. And he turns away empty. Now, what does he leave behind him? What does he leave behind him? Everything. He leaves the same way he came in. Satan won the battle in his mind. It wasn't anything wrong with the presentation by Jesus. Is that we have a choice. It's all life is made up of. Remember, the choices we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. That's exactly what happened. Now, when you think of that, this young man, what did he leave behind? Joy, peace, meaning in life, satisfaction, any hope of ever going to heaven. He left behind a loving Savior, full, fabulous life. He left it all behind. We would like to see the story, we'd like to see the story like this. As the man's, young man's walking away, we hear this in the background. Jesus saying, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, come back here, come back here. And he comes back and hey, I, I, really, you don't need to do that, just half, just half. That'd be fine. We see no more words from Jesus. Why? You're either going to follow him or you're not going to follow him. And we don't follow on our terms. That's what we want today. Oh, I'll follow, I'll come and be a Christian pastor. It'd be great. What are you can do after that? Well, I'm not going to not sleep with my girlfriend anymore. And I got, you know, a little Mary on the weekend and whatever. And I love it and, you know, whatever. And got a cheat at work, income tax. Man, did I pull it over and then, baby, it's good. But I'm a follower of Jesus. Really? No, you're not. People sit in our churches. And they claim they're believers, but they're not followers. See, this guy could have gone and just sat in the meetings with Jesus. He has no chance of going to heaven. On your best day, you can't be good enough. He would not give of his heart to the Lord. Jesus, when he looked at him and loved him, he knew that one day he was going to go to the cross and die for him. See, the reason Jesus went to the cross because he's the only one who ever kept the law perfect. He's the only one that ever kept the law perfect in every way. On the cross, when Jesus was there, because he took my sin and your sin and this young man's sin, God had to forsake looking at him because God can't look at sin. But because he did that, he provided a way for me to go to heaven. There is no debating that mankind cannot reach heaven through earthly deeds or accomplishments. Therefore, mankind is in need of a Savior. Today, Pastor Mark spoke on man's need to forsake his own life and follow Christ. In a world that throws many enticing things our way, claiming we can't live without, they're all lies from the devil. Have you properly placed the Lord on the throne of your life today? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Following Jesus leads to rewards now and later. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will look at several truths regarding how money or wealth relates to salvation. Financial success on this earth has no impact on your path to heaven. In fact, heaven will be filled with both wealthy and poor people. The common denominator, each surrendered to the will of God and placed Him first in their life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here